Hello and welcome to Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name is Paul Madot. Thanks very much for joining us today. I'm very excited about this episode. I have John Cronemeyer, VP of Sales for Canada at Buy York Floors here in Toronto. John, how are things? Things are going well, as well as we can in isolation, Paul. Yeah, listen, I, I, I get that. I, I want to start with um, how you're doing right now. I mean, we're filming this and we're recording this end of April and like we're knee deep right now, and we'll get into the podcast in a minute. But John, I'd love to know, uh, how is your family? How's how's the business? How are your teammates doing? How are you handling, uh, you know, everything having to do with COVID and hope everybody's safe and okay, but how are you handling it right now? Yeah, no, thanks. for I, Everybody's good on my end. You know, the family, they're, they're staying safe. I got two kids, a 14 year old son who's, you know, first year of high school. So he's a little, uh, he's a little down in the dumps that he couldn't, couldn't be around he's meeting some great friends and some good people and you know that's unfortunate but he's hanging in there with his playstation and ipad like like everyone else and my uh my daughter is 11 she's a dancer and she's you know struggling too and she's not around her friends but they're getting by everybody's healthy and my parents are uh, my mom is going through cancer right now uh but she's safe and she's uh we haven't you know obviously been around her so that's been tough because you know, the kids want to see her, especially now more than ever, but, um, but everybody's doing well. And, you know, we, we can't complain because everybody's in the same situation. So, yeah, well, listen, the condolences uh, for your mom, you know, I lost my stepdad to cancer uh, about five years ago. And so I get it. And I hope that, um, you know, she's fighting it strong and will we'll recover yeah. and, and so forth. But, you know, what, to your, what you just said regarding, you know, COVID right now, you know, I do take some solace in the fact that we're all going through this together. Like, it's not just me. It's not my company. It's not my industry. It's not you. It's not your company. It's not just Canada. It's not just the U.S., but it's like a global thing. So I do feel like, okay, so there is strength in numbers. And, uh, you know, if we all support each other, we know we'll get through this together. But I'm glad to hear that, you know, people in your life and your network are, are managing this as best they can. And, and nobody's really being affected by it other than the fact that we're all kind of somewhat in isolation and in quarantine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, you know, we will get through this. And, and I tell my, my wife is, uh, she's a stay at home mom anyway, but you know, she's used to getting out and about and, and the kids are certainly uh, missing their friends. But like I say to everybody, say to the sales team, say to everybody at the company, we'll get through this. And, and I think as a community, we'll be much stronger for it. Um, it's just, it's, it's a tough go uh, when you can't, when you can't be around your, you know, the, the grandparents and so on. But yeah, you know, you take for granted some of the simple things when they're when yeah. they're taken away from you. So, well, listen, again, I appreciate you freeing up the time to speak with me today. Uh, you know, John, the title of the podcast is Your Intention Matters. And again, that really, from what we were talking about before I hit record here, nothing's really handed to you in your career. Everything is earned. And, and your career, like mine and like so many others, it was pretty meandering. And, and I'm sure you've had some big decisions in your life that you had to overcome and you know, we're probably, you know, some forks in the road. And so if you're open to it, I, I'm really looking forward to you sharing your story because I'm ready to go. How about you? Yeah, 100%. I look forward to it. Yep. All right, here Ask we go. Away. All right, so I'm going to take you back. Let's go back mid to late 90s. Concordia University in Montreal, right? Concordia? Yeah. 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 All yeah. right, so uh, you graduate with a degree in applied human science. 
Uh, I know that you were a quarterback at Concordia as well. Yeah. Um, you keep me honest here. VP sales for Canada at Buy York 20 years later. Really? The plan worked out perfectly. <laughs> Just the way you drew it up, right? Just the way we drew it up, just like everyone else. You know? <laughs> All right, so listen, let's go back a few years here. When you did graduate, do you recall having any sense? Like, what did you think you'd be doing? Was it unclear or were you locked in on this is what I'm going to do and, and you had your game plan? Talk to me. Well, I was, I was locked in, but it wasn't, it wasn't this. So I grew up in a household. My father, was he's, he's a VP of sales of a flooring company as well. And so flooring was his world since I was born. When I came out of high school, I, I, you know, I was, I was motivated to go play football and I was, I was, I was relatively healthy with the recruiting side. I had lots of options across Canada and I decided, you know, Concordia was the best fit for me on the football side. Um, it was, I enjoyed sports. I was always around sports growing up, hockey, baseball. And so I knew I was, wanted to go to university and I wanted to play sports. And as you can tell, as I've been telling you this, there hasn't been anything about the educational <laughs> side or focus on it. So it was sports. It was the best opportunity. Uh, and and I, I signed on with them. So when I went there, I actually was in economics. My, my That was my major. And I got there and I sat down with our uh, assistant registrar, Mr. Uh, Pete Regimbald. And and, and Pete was our uh, special teams coordinator for football. And he, he talked to me for about five minutes and he said, John, you are not supposed to be in economics. And so he quickly changed me to what most of the football team was in, which was applied human sciences with a specialization in recreation and leisure. And uh, as I got into it, I, I, I did enjoy the program and, mm. and went through the career of football there and had a tremendous time, um, met a lot of great people. And I was pretty committed to staying in the sports end of it. Uh, I, I wanted to, I thought- Doing maybe, what? Well, you know, I, I actually got a job. I, the one thing I've always been strong at is building relationships. And I built a relationship with the director of sports for Westmount, city of Westmount, which was part of the city of Montreal. I didn't speak any French and, but I had a great relationship and he said, you know, why don't you come on as a, as a sports director for the city? It was full-time job. I ended my football career. I was bartending and my, I met my wife down there and her parents had moved here to Hamilton. Uh, my parents are still in the falls, but we decided to stay in Montreal. So I thought I'll take the job. It was $32,000 a year, which I was, I was like, at the time that was, that, that was some good dough. Man, I mean, I could buy a case of beer whenever I wanted. And so I took the job and it was a lot of fun. And I thought that was going to be my career path. There were, you know, I was, I was creating all the sports programs for the city of Montreal, the soccer program, so on and so forth. And, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it immensely. And I was there for a couple of years uh, before some decisions had to be made. So. Okay, so you're in Montreal. You, I loved your honesty about uh, the Concordia that was the was really the vehicle for so you could play sports, and then the education part was you know the byproduct of what you got, but it really wasn't the other way around. So you graduate, nope. you 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 end up moving into a sports career. While it might not have been starting quarterback for the Alouettes or the Patriots or anything, but you're in sports, so yep. you're happy there. You're in Montreal. 
but you're not in Montreal anymore. So why did you leave Montreal and where'd you go? Yeah, you know, I, I, I had a, in, enjoyed my time playing football uh, immensely. And so when I got the job there, I loved the city. I fell in love with the city and we decided that that was going to be a place that we were, we're going to stay. I always had the feeling that I would get into sales. I, I just didn't know how or when, but I, I always enjoy, enjoy talking to people. Mm. I enjoyed relationship building. I, I had no problem talking in front of groups presenting. And so it was, it was there. Um, I just, didn't know what the timing looked like. And so we were really happy where we were. An unfortunate situation brought us back. Uh, my my father-in-law, my wife is the only child. My father-in-law ended up getting cancer in 2003. And um, we had gone down, my wife and I, we got engaged in Disney World. Uh, Florida? December, yeah, on uh, New Year's Eve, 2002, going into 2003. And uh, the whole family came down, the grandparents, my sister and everybody. And it was, it was an amazing time. And then we got back and uh, he wasn't feeling well. It was in February. He went, got diagnosed with, uh, with cancer and it was a pretty aggressive one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we didn't know what to do. We were supposed to get married that summer and we thought, well, you know, do we come back or do we don't? And so ultimately, Paul, we decided that, you know, it was the best for her. She needed to be around her family. So, yeah. so we decided to make a move late 2003. Uh, unfortunately, he did, you know, he did pass, but um, we, we ended up coming back. And, and, and at that point, we, neither of us had jobs. And, uh, and so that's kind of how the sales started. I, I called dad <laughs> and I said, dad, um, if you could do one more thing for me here, um, you know, do you have a connection? You know anybody that's looking for a sales job in foreign? And I said to my wife, I said, you know, I just it's be temporary. It's flooring. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a sales right or or some some big sports company, but I'm not sticking in in flooring. And so, um, yeah, and that's how it started. He he ended up getting me an interview for a company called Krauss Floors, which is a very big brand name, still in Canada, and. Uh, drove back and I, and I, uh, I interviewed, I, I remember with, with Mr. Susie, Brian Susie, who, who, you know, he, he ended up passing away, but he, uh, it was a funny story. I went in, did the interview. I was up against two other senior salespeople. Here's me. Um, no experience right. at all, zero. And, and I ended up getting the position. Uh, and I, and I went on when I started, uh, they fired Brian after they hired me. It was before I started though. So I, I walked in, uh, Fred Olson at the time who was, uh, the, the vice president of sales came, came in and said, you know, here's your book of business. I I'm too busy to, to train you and, and off you go. And that's kind of how I started in the flooring business and, and in sales. Well, that must've been a really, um, challenging time for you because, you know, you're going through a career change. You're trying to manage what I'm sure was extremely difficult for your wife and obviously you with your family. And then, your father-in-law, you know, loses his battle. And then all of a sudden now you have life after and, and then, uh, you know, uh, you got married and then of course, you know, your wife's dad isn't there on the wedding day. You have all these factors and then you have a new career here. And so how'd you keep it all together? You know, it was, it's, it's a great question because I think sometimes people, you get into a zone and you just know you have to, you got to battle. You got to, you got to be strong. 
you know, I was super close to, to her father, but it wasn't my father. Mm. So I had to, I had to hold it together for her as well. Uh, and, and, you know, I think you just, you find, you find a, a, a little bit of light in, in darkness and it was a trying time, but I felt comfort, I felt comforted to know that he knew his daughter was going to be taken care of. Um, his, you know, his last wish was that we would get married and have the wedding that she wanted, mm. not having a wedding so he could be there. And, um, I, I felt at peace for that. And I, and I had to hold it together and I knew that our lives had to start. We couldn't live with her mom forever. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the, uh, the, the grinder in me started up and, and, and we just had to move forward. And so she got a job at a bank and, and I got a job in flooring. Well, it's amazing what you're capable of when you're up against it and you have no choice. It's like failure is not an option, right? And yeah, you know, life goes on and it looks like you've, you you create lemonade, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So talk to me about your, your selling career. So you get into sales. How long were you an individual contributor as a sales representative? So I would, I, I started with Kroos and I would, I would say before I got into management about four years, two different jobs. I, I started with Kroos and I was only there for seven, eight months. Mm. And I had an opportunity to jump over to another company that was all of Ontario. So when I started with the first company, I was just Southwestern Ontario. Um, and for those listeners that aren't necessarily familiar with that, it's basically Mississauga down to Niagara Falls um, and did very well there. And then scooped up by uh, another company that I started with there as the Ontario uh, sales representative. And I did the entire province and it got me a little bit more experience with how to manage a calendar, manage a larger territory, mm. some travel time in there. Um, so it was great. And, and I did that for four years, uh, three years there, three and a half years, and then moved into uh, my first management role. You know, I'm always fascinated when people shift from being an individual contributor, a top performing person, and then move into management because they're very different roles. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very, very different. I mean, I think back to when I was a sales manager at Xerox, I mean, highly ineffective as a, as a manager. I don't think I was, I wasn't a bad person, but I just, I was not an effective manager at all. And I can look back and I know that. And so what was the draw for you to uh, make that shift? And did you struggle with it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I struggled more on the, I was intimidated. I was young when I started managing and I was managing an older, um, an older salesperson at the time when I started, it was one person. And then my whole career up until maybe, cause now I'm old, Paul, um, you know, I don't want to say we're old cause we're, we're all the same age. Ah, but, John to be 41 you know. again, come on <laughs> to, to be 30 again. But <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, up until recently I've, I've managed, usually they were either my age or a little bit older. So mm. I think it was the intimidation more than anything. I, and I was always surrounded, I surrounded myself with good mentors. My father was obviously a big mentor for me. I had a, a couple other gentlemen that I really bounced a lot of ideas and relied on to, um, to help me along the way. But it was, it was definitely a, a, a change. It was, it was, I, I, I wanted it. 
it was my passion to lead a team. And I think I got a lot of that from just being in sports my whole life. I've grown up in a team environment mm. and I've always, uh, I've always wanted to be that motivator uh, for, for an organization that I work for. Well, c- well, for congrats on what you've been able to create thus far, because when I remember when I first got into leadership, the first thing I struggled with was now all of a sudden my income was dependent upon others. And, yeah. and that was a whole other animal for me because I, I was the guy where it's like, I was a hundred percent commission for a long time. So you eat what you kill and you're yeah. responsible for your, you know, 12 postal codes, a bunch of zip codes, and that's pretty much it. And all of a sudden, you you know, you have a team of eight or 10 or whatever that you're responsible for. And it's your income, if you're comp that way, was a big shift for me. And so congrats on enjoying it uh, and, and obviously succeeding at it. And so I know that you're at Buy York now and you've been there for just under a year. Uh, where were you before that? I was with a company called Torley's. And um, Torley's was... My, I, I had always been, other than my first job in sales, I had always been on the commercial side of things, selling institutional uh, healthcare, hospitality type of, of world. So Torley's was my first crack as a sales leader in the retail environment, um, calling on the B2B guys and bricks and mortar independents, so on and so forth. And, and so it was a, it was a unique challenge. Um, it, it was funny because I had, I had made, I, I was with a company called Centura. You probably saw it on, on my resume or my LinkedIn profile and great company, been around a long time. And I took a shift out of flooring to a company called Tripar Transportation. And it was, uh, it's a, it's an asterisk on my resume. It, it, it taught me a good lesson, but I, I was, I was not excited about being in the transportation field. Not to say it's not for everybody, I but it, it wasn't for me. And so Torley's came knocking uh, a good friend of mine was the VP of sales there. And he saw my resume come across the desk through the headhunter. And so it just can, we connected that way and took the position and it was, it's a great company, great organization. Um, it, it, it just, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the, my career there, it was time to make a move. What was drawing you? Did Buy York find you? Did you raise your hand? Yeah, no, Buy York found me through a headhunter. Um, you know, like I said, with Torres, I had three different positions there. And I started as Ontario sales manager, senior sales manager of Ontario, grew that into Eastern Canada, and then springboard that into director of national accounts. And then from there, I was director of property management in North America. So I was doing a significant amount of travel. Um, not that that bothered me. I enjoyed the travel actually and enjoyed being around customers, but I had always wanted to be at that level where I can, uh, the one thing I always found as a sales rep is you were in control of, of, of the selling part, but you weren't in control of what you could sell. And a lot of times the tools that were provided were not there or, or, or what you needed was not there. You, you didn't have the right products to sell and you would give your feedback to your regional managers and they would give that feedback to their directors and that director would give yeah. the feedback to the VP. And, and so I always, you know, I always felt I, I had a good inclination on what a salesperson or a sales team member needs in the field. And when the opportunity came, I was going to take a hard look at being that 
person that was going to be able to deliver what what the sales organization needs. And uh, Torley's is full of young, energetic people. Um, I knew my movement there was going to be limited and it would have taken a lot of time. So when the headhunter reached out about a, a VP role, my dad's always taught me it's never, never hurts to have a look. Mm. Uh, and I did, and it, it was attractive. And, and so I decided that, you know, my next career would be here starting uh, very much like an entrepreneurial type of uh, environment. All right. And so you're happy with your move you're just under a year in. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, and, and you've grown the team from our conversations from one to two into eight, maybe growing into 10 or 11 is what you're looking to do in the, in the short term. Um, within Bayork, um, as a company, how are you managing current state right now? Are you guys in total lockdown? Is it still somewhat business as usual? Have you had to adjust? How are you managing and handling the team and how are they doing given, you know, current state with, uh, you know, COVID-19? Yeah, I think it's tough for any organization. The nice thing for us is that we were running lean before, as far as overhead, uh, before COVID. So we haven't had to lay anyone off, which has been great, especially for, um, we're, we're a fairly new brand in Canada. And I was able, because of my, my history and reputation, um, we were able to partner with some really good names to come over here uh, and leave some pretty prominent companies. Um, so a lot of, a lot of them rolled the dice on this too. And so that was on my shoulders to ensure that they made the right move. And, um, so I've been happy to say that we haven't had to lay anyone off. Everybody's doing well. We, we've just put a place, a uh, plan in place. Actually, we executed it today, uh, with the sales team, um, about customer engagement and getting back. There was been reading a lot and, you know, there's always that, um, that, uh, I guess discussion on what should we be doing right now focused on customer retention or focused on customer acquisition, or is it a blend of both? Mm. And for us right now, and I'm not saying this is indicative of, it should be for every sales organization, but for by York and a you know, a, a part of management is understanding where you are, what company you're with and the elements that you need, not necessarily, or what, the elements somebody else needs in another organization, but for us, customer retention. So we put a big plan in place today to start getting our sales team more active on a daily basis with customers engagement, uh, video conferencing, have a video coffee or a lunch or a cocktail mm. with your top customers every week and, and start to reactivate that, that conversation. I, I think it's arguably for most companies when you're at home, and you're a sales team member and you're not used to being at home this much, you're around your family and you're spending that time, but you, you become reactive in a lot of ways. A text comes through, you answer it, a yeah. phone call comes, yeah, but you're not being proactive. And so our, our PCEP, our proactive customer enhancement, uh, our engagement plan was, was activated today. And uh, it's a series of tasks on a daily basis and a series of tasks on a weekly basis to get, our team back up and running for the next three to four weeks until we can hit the road again. Well, John, I've enjoyed our conversation and you sharing your story. Uh, last question for you. If anybody had any, or if you had any advice for anybody listening, uh, any one piece of advice, not necessarily just about right now, current state, but just something that stuck with you in your career. That's a great question. Um, I would say, I would say, listen to your customers. I, I often find 
whether you're in management or you're uh, on the front lines of sales, you're presenting a lot and you're, you're in dictating what you think the customer wants. One thing I think everybody, especially now more than ever is, you know, listen to your, what do they need? What can you do to help them uh, understand their difficulties and their challenges, find a solution for that. And I would, I would, I stand behind that every day is find a solution for your customers. But in order to do that, you got to listen to them. Well, that's sound advice. You know what? Actually, I lied. I have one more question for you. You're in uh, southwestern Ontario right now, and you've mm-hmm. bounced around a little bit in Toronto, Niagara Falls, Montreal. And so uh, tell me, are you a Leafs fan? Are you a Bruins fan? Are you a Habs fan? Or are you uh, somewhere else? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Leafs fan. Not a boy. Not a boy. We're good. We're good. <laughs> All right. So you're a Leafs fan. Well, listen, John, I appreciate your time here. I think on that note, uh, listen, we'll wrap this one up right now. Thanks so much for uh, for being here. Thanks for having me, Paul. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. So everybody, uh, again, thanks for your time. Remember that your intention matters because that's the result that you'll tend to get. We're out of here and uh, we'll see you next week. Be safe, everybody. Thank you.